The New York Islanders played one of their best games of the year and beat the Maple Leafs 7-2. We'll break down the win, but it may have also been very costly. We've got that, plus our weekly farm report, and a whole lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. The Islanders with a big win, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've discussed on the show, or maybe if there's a question you'd like us to answer for you, well, Please send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. I'll be live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to talk a little Islanders hockey with fellow Isles fans, game time or any time. What a performance by the Islanders. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 7-2, and this, in many ways, may have been the team's best overall performance. Why? Well... First of all, they played smart, aggressive, sound hockey almost from start to finish. The first period was not their best. They trailed one nothing, but boy, it wasn't a, a disaster. In fact, by the end of the period, the Islanders sort of had started to change the pace of the game a little bit, and it looked like this team was starting to get their legs under them. But the last 40 minutes for sure, again, probably the last 46 or 47 minutes of this game, the Islanders dictated play for most of it. They got some outstanding goaltending from Ilya Sorokin. You know, forget the unsung hero of the game. The hero of the game is going to be Ilya Sorokin because he, again, made a highlight reel save early on in this game that... You know, I thought he made a similar save with the paddle 
earlier in the year that was definitely going to be one of the nominees for Save of the Year. This one might have been even better. It was similar uh, to the one he made against the Penguins, and it just shows great hand-eye coordination, great concentration, and the ability to read the play. And Sorokin, who only had to make 24 saves in this game, really came up big, especially early when you've got a skilled team like the Maple Leafs with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and William Nylander and, oh, that JT guy, I forget how uh, his name. But when you've got a team like that on the ice, you know, you've got to be playing your best as a goaltender, and he really came up big early. The Islanders could have been down 3 nothing easily in the first period if not for Ilya Sorokin, and he was outstanding. And then, how about Cal Clutterbuck? I mean, Clutterbuck can't be the unsung hero of the game. Two goals and assist, a plus four in this contest, scoring on his only two shots on goal. And I'll tell you this, the second goal that Clutterbuck scored was outstanding. He got the puck at his own blue line, had just enough speed to stay a step ahead of a Maple Leafs defender to preserve the breakaway and then rocketed a shot to the toy department just under the crossbar. And the beautiful thing about that goal was that it was, uh, you know, 44 seconds after Marner had scored for the Leafs to make it a 3-2 game. And once Clutterbuck scored less than a minute after the Marner goal made it a one-goal game, you knew the Islanders were in the driver's seat and they were going to win this game. And just the way this team played, the way the goals were set up, so many of them were the forecheck was aggressive, it forced a turnover, and that led to goals. The Zach Parisi goal that tied it off of a turnover, off of the forecheck. Hudson Fashing, who continues to play well and play smart, game in and game out. He had an unassisted goal off of a turnover just inside the blue line. He takes it in himself, scores the goal. So many of the goals that the Islanders scored came because of their aggressive forecheck, because of their smart mentality in this game and just the way they went about playing Islanders hockey and dictating the tone of the hockey game and all of this after falling behind one to nothing and uh just you know they didn't panic and they got back to basics and ended up winning the game Samuel Bolduc, who was, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, called up after the injury to Sebastian Ajo. He got into the game uh, as opposed to Parker Wotherspoon. No surprise there. I said that was probably the better choice. And Bolduc did not disappoint. You know, you look at the box score, and yeah, he had only one block shot. He was a plus one. Had two shots on goal in this game in 16 minutes, 15 minutes, 59 seconds of ice time. But what I liked about Bolduc in this game was that he was smart in his own zone. 
He kept it simple, and I think having Bolduke out there as opposed to Aho made Noah Dobson a little bit more conservative and a little bit smarter in his own zone during the course of this game, and that's what we need from Dobson. Look, Noah Dobson is never going to be, in my opinion anyway, he is never going to be uh, you know, the next great defensive defenseman in this league. But if he can be smart and efficient and keep it simple and either skate the puck out or pass it out smartly, if he could just be average to slightly above average in his own zone, and he's certainly capable of doing it because we've seen him do it in the past, that's all we need defensively from Noah Dobson, and having Bolduke next to him instead of Aho seemed to make him concentrate a little bit more in his own zone, and it really, really did make a difference. So overall, a lot of good things to talk about in this game, and yet it wouldn't be an Islanders game if there weren't some problems, and we're going to talk about the biggest one, uh, the injury to Brock Nelson. That and a whole lot more, plus our unsung hero and our go to the game, all that still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. And yes, you can use your knowledge of the New York Islanders on FanDuel. Check out the odds for Friday's game in Columbus. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, the bad news Coming out of this game, Brock Nelson injured in the first period and did not return. Only played four minutes and 46 seconds in this game. And no penalty was called on the play, and I understand why. Uh, I didn't like the hit by Noel Asiari. I, 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 I thought it was questionable. I don't think it was dirty. I don't think there was any intent to injure. But the reason they didn't call a penalty, and I kind of am on the fence with this one, at the very last moment, Nelson stopped and changed direction trying to play the puck. The hit was already being delivered at that point, or or the motion for the hit had already commenced. And so, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot that could be done at that point, you hate to see Brock Nelson go down with an injury. The Islanders cannot afford to lose him. Who leads the Islanders in goals this year? Brock Nelson. 
who leads the Islanders in points by a wide margin, Brock Nelson. If Nelson is out for a long period of time and you already have Matthew Barzal out of the lineup, the Islanders would be without their top two point getters, their top goal scorer and their top assist uh, getter heading into the stretch drive for the playoffs. And that is something this team realistically cannot afford. Can't afford to lose Nelson on the power play. The power play is already dreadful and didn't get any better uh, against the Maple Leafs. And you can't afford to lose, you know, two of your best offensive players uh, in this or any situation. So overall... Uh, you got to be concerned. Now, one thing I am pleased about, at least, is the way the Islanders handled it. They did not drop the gloves right away. They didn't do anything dirty or cheap, but they put it in the back of their minds, and when they took a substantial lead late in the game, at that point it was 6-2, to two, Matt Martin sends the message Drops the gloves fairly, didn't ambush anybody, but drops the gloves, sends the message, hey, we know what you did, and we're not going to just say that's okay, and that you're going to get away with it. So, Matt Martin taking care of business too many times. In the middle of this season, we've mentioned that the Islanders don't respond. And not only did they respond in this game, but they did it smartly. I doubt Matt Martin is going to be suspended. He wasn't even uh, penalized in the sense that the Islanders were not shorthanded because both Martin and, uh, you know, Asiari both went off for five minutes for fighting. No instigator, no charging penalty, no roughing on top of it. It, it. They waited till the right time and handled it in the right way but at least they sent the message to the Maple Leafs and really to any other team that faces the Islanders the rest of the season that, hey, if you go after one of our guys and you hurt them, we are going to hold you responsible and we are going to respond. And that is the right message that you want to send. Islander fans also sending a message, the old we don't need you chant heard loud and clear at the UBS arena anytime John Tavares touched the puck. And oh, by the way, no goals, no assists, and a minus three in this game for John Tavares. And I'm sure Islander fans are just devastated about that fact. Uh, As far as our unsung hero, and our goat of the game. I'm going with two players for the unsung hero. I I think there were a number of candidates uh, that we could go with, but to me, it's going to be a tie between Zach Parise and J.G. Pajot. Parise, great on the forecheck, scored the tying goal in the second period that really gave the Islanders, uh, you know, got them even and gave them a whole lot of momentum that they really never lost after that point. He scored on his only shot on goal, only was credited with one hit, but was just in the right place at the right time for checking aggressively and, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, playing Zach Parise's brand of hockey. 
as far as J.G. Pajot is concerned, six hits in this game. Leading the team, Cal Clutterbuck was next with five, four for Ryan Pollock, but six hits by J.G. Pajot. Two assists, a plus two, and he won 11 out of 16 face-offs. So to me, Pajot and Parise both getting nods as the Islanders' unsung hero of the game. As far as the goat of the game is concerned, I don't know how this happened, but I'm going to give the goat of the game to Kyle Palmieri. Not that he was terrible, but Kyle Palmieri, no points in this game. The only Islanders player on the roster who was minus in plus minus, he was a minus two, uh, did not register a shot on goal was only he was credited with two hits and a takeaway, but just I mean, look, it wasn't a terrible game for Palms, but you know this team played so well, it's hard to find a goat in this game. And you know what? I like it that way. I when when you don't know who was the the guy who was the weak link on your team, it means the team played a solid all around game. And getting back to basics. The Islanders lost one of their best players early in this game, fell behind early against a very talented team with the fourth best record in the NHL, and never panicked, played their game, wore them down, and got the job done. So, you know, to me, that was something worth talking about. Also got to give a little shout out to Simon Holmstrom, usually not a guy you... you Think about a lot because he doesn't make a lot of plays that are visible in this game. Holmstrom, five shots on goal. That was second only behind Noah Dobson in this game. Scored a goal, was a plus one, and even registered a hit, something he hasn't done a lot of this year. So uh, kudos to Simon Holmstrom for his strong game. So many guys did so many little things right. It's the kind of game you love to cover if only. You know, I'll put it this way. If Brock Nelson is able to play Friday or Saturday, if he doesn't miss any substantial amount of time, this was a great win. If Brock Nelson is suddenly out for, you know, this 10 games left, if he's going to miss four, five games, and we won't know anything until, you know, the next morning skate or practice when we get an update... And knowing the Islanders, it won't be anything more than a vague update anyway. But, you know, if Brock Nelson misses substantial time, that makes it even harder for this team. But other than that, good job, great win against a great opponent, and uh, top to bottom, this team played a very good hockey game. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have our weekly farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders and our Islanders birthday of the day. Yeah, it's a member of the core of the four, a four-time Stanley Cup champion with the Islanders. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, 
Hoping to find the candidate with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. And with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So time for our weekly farm report where we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. And the Islanders, you know, interesting moves uh, for Bridgeport. They signed two players with NHL pedigrees uh, to amateur tryout contracts. They signed defenseman Christian Krieger and forward Jacob Pavanka. Krieger uh, just graduated Michigan State, and he was an alternate captain there. And by the way, he is the son of former NHL forward Todd Krieger, Seventh round pick of the Islanders back in 2018. Meanwhile, Pavanka uh, just finished his time at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And uh, he is the son of Michael Pavanka, a former Washington Capitol. He was a fourth round pick by the Islanders back in 2018. So Krieger and Pavanka getting a chance to show what they can do late in this AHL season. Now, the Bridgeport Islanders had three games this past week with mixed results. Last Wednesday, March 15th, they played at the Hartford Wolfpack, Islanders Farm Club versus the Rangers Farm Club, but it didn't work out. The game, the Islanders were up 4-3 to three entering the third period, but gave up four third period goals and lost to Hartford, 7-5. to five. But on Friday, they bounce back and, and defeat the Syracuse Crunch by a score of 5-2. to two. Andy Andreoff with the hat trick also had an assist. And Andreoff now five goals in his last three games, 29 goals a- after that win. And that is a new career high for him. Uh, Chris Terry also had three points, a goal and two assists, and Arno Durando with two helpers. Colin Adams scored, and the Islanders got some solid goaltending from Jakob Skarek, who made 28 saves in 30 shots. Third game, however, of the weekend, uh, Saturday, another loss, this time again to the Hartford Wolfpack. Three goals against in the second period, and the Isles fall 3-2. to two. Cole Bardrow and Ruslan Iskakov again with the goal. Skarik, 30 saves, but it wasn't quite enough. But the Islanders are clinging to that sixth and final playoff spot in the Atlantic Division. They are one point ahead of Hartford with 11 games left on the schedule. So... That's sort of where it's uh, at right now for the Bridgeport Islanders, and it's going to be an exciting finish to the season. 
again, you know, the Islanders just one point ahead of Hartford for sixth place, only four points ahead behind, rather, Lehigh Valley for fifth, and the Islanders do have a game in hand. Meanwhile, Chris Terry, 60 points, including 41 helpers. That leads the team in, in points. Andy Andreoff, 29 goals, needs one more to get to 30 for the first time as a professional. And Ruslan Iskakov, third on the team with 47 points, 16 goals, 31 assists, and a plus six, plus minus, which is uh, second best on the team. So that is certainly a help. William Dufour, now a 20-goal guy, 41 points. Arno Durando, 15 goals, 38 points. And Samuel Bolduc, who is now back up with the big club, he has 10 goals and 35 points to lead all Islanders defensemen. Uh, as for the schedule coming up this weekend, uh, the Islanders basically looking at another busy slate of games. Uh, they will play tonight on the road at the Laval Rocket. That's a 7 o'clock Eastern time start. And then Friday a 7.05 Eastern time start on the road against the Belleville Senators. So two games coming up between now and next Wednesday when we do our next farm report. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we're a day early on this one, but Thursday will be the 66th birthday of former Islanders forward John Tanelli. The Milton, Ontario native of second-round pick of the Isles in 77. Spent three years in the WHA with the Houston Arrows, playing uh, a little hockey with Gordie Howe at one point, and then joined the Islanders in 78-79 and stayed with the team through the 85-86 season when he was dealt to the Calgary Flames, later played for the LA Kings, Chicago Blackhawks, and briefly for the Quebec Nordique. But, you know, Tonelli, just a big part of the Islanders' four Stanley Cup winning teams. His best season statistically by far, 1981-82, 35 goals, 93 points, and a plus 48 on that season. He then had a 42-goal, 100-point season in 84-85 when he was a plus 50. So Tonelli can do it both offensively and defensively. To me, if I think about John Tonelli, the game I always think about, April 13th, 1982, opening round playoff series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, fifth and deciding game of the series at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders trailing in this game by a score of 3-1, to one, entering the third period, but after Mike McEwen made it 3-2 to two with five and a half minutes left, Tonelli tied it at 17:39, sent the game to overtime, and then won it 6:19 into the extra session. His third of the playoffs from Bob Nystrom and Mike McEwen. That saved the Islanders' dynasty. They went on to win that series, advanced to the next round where they faced the Rangers, and went on to win their third of four straight Stanley Cups. The dynasty wouldn't have happened had Tonelli not stepped up there and helped the Islanders defend 
their Stanley Cup championship against an upstart Penguins team that played a heck of a series, even though the Islanders were clearly the better team from top to bottom. Tonelli's number retired, deservedly so, by the Islanders, and he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with an injury update on Brock Nelson and uh, a little bit more to talk about about your New York Islanders who are in the thick of this battle for the playoffs. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.